you've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with a Gun Show. This is episode 361, and I got high hopes. This week, new program for teachers is being developed and implemented in Kentucky and Ohio called POST. Joe Khalil breaks it down for us on this episode. My new book is out, Black Man with a Gun Reloaded, available on Amazon.com and in Kindle and in print. We got an update from Daryl Jamison on the GO Gun Owner Project. We have some news. And if the snow is not falling where you live, praise God and pass the ammunition. Blackmanwithagun.com, Ken Blanchard's pro-gun podcast. All right, welcome back to the Black Man with the Gun Show. I'm your host, Ken Blanchard, and if this is your first time, welcome, and thanks for listening. You know, if we learn from mistakes, then I should be a freaking genius. But I got high hopes this week. Oh, yes, I do. Things are finally turning around. I can feel it. I am feeling pretty good, and I hope you are too. I learned a lot of stuff this week. I think we're all time travelers, moving at the speed of exactly 60 minutes per hour. After John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance, let's get on with episode number 361, shall we? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, after Newtown and after a couple of pretty high-profile and really sad events that happened with the shootings of innocent children, a lot of folks thought of, what could we do to better prepare? And somebody said, we should arm the teachers. And all the anti-rights people went crazy. How dare you suggest such a thing? Well, cooler heads prevailed, and somebody actually came up with a good plan. I had a chance to talk to him, thanks to Rob, who introduced me to Joe Khalil. Here's an interview about the Post program. Details are also found on blackmanwiththegun.com. All right, my next guest is Joe Khalil from Kentucky, man. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. What do you got going on, Joe? Well, here in northern Kentucky, uh, over a year ago when uh, the Newtown shooting occurred, uh, it really got the, the country's attention. So uh, myself, I'm a local elected uh, constable in, in, in uh, Boone County, Kentucky, northern Kentucky, near Cincinnati. And I got together with the local sheriff when we started having a conversation about this. And we decided that we needed to do something. And our school district is probably not unlike most of the school districts in the country where we have... 30 public and private schools in the county, but we only have 10 school resource officers. So we have 10 police officers protecting 30 schools. And so we decided we need to do something to, uh, to take care and try to mitigate this threat of an active shooter in a school. And we decided to use the very successful armed pilot program as basically as, as a model to try to come up with a good strategic plan of actually using a low-cost, well-thought-out program to protect those children in school. So we came up with a program called the POST program, P-O-S-T, and it stands for Protecting Our Students and Children, which really says it all in a, in a nutshell. And what we've done is we're proposing a program to the school boards where 
we asked for volunteer teachers, no pressure whatsoever for people to participate. And those volunteers would be teachers, administrators, staff, let's see, guidance counselors, nurses, custodians, and bus drivers. So essentially anybody that works in the school and they would volunteer and actually fill out an application uh, to say that they would like to participate. Then the process proceeds by multiple levels of screening. It would start with an interview uh, and somebody from the sheriff's department and somebody from the school board or designated representatives will be on the interview uh, board. And if the school that the person is applying from has a school resource officer, we would also have the SRO on the, on the board because, or on the interview board because we want that interaction and that team building to start right there at the beginning. And then they would get a thorough background check, potentially a drug test and a polygraph. They would have to get a concealed carry permit for whatever state that they live in. And then they would have to attend a five and a half day training course specifically designed to train that teacher to mitigate the threat of an active shooter in school. And that training program is totally focused on that one job. These teachers are not going to be carrying handcuffs and cuffing people or, or, uh, you know, doing penal code or anything like that. It's specifically a shooter comes into school and to mitigate that threat if they're in the, the, the position to do so. Um, the five and a half day training course is comprised, it sounds weird having five and a half days, but the idea is to have a half a day of training pre, prior to the five days of core training. And the purpose of that half a day is to kind of get the mindset of the teacher in the right place, i.e. explain the program to them, explain that their identities need to be kept confidential, explain to them how they can conceal a firearm on their body uh, easily, uh, talk about mindset, uh, firearm safety, firearm nomenclature and function so that when they actually show up to the actual training course, they're actually prepared for the training. The training course itself is designed as uh, the first three days are half classroom and half range. The fourth day is all range and it culminates in a very, very high quality qualification course of fire. And then the last day of the training is half day doing a police FATS video simulator, which is a video screen where they actually interact with scenarios and they have to make the choice of shoot or do not shoot. And uh, then we have to ha we ask them questions about justifying their actions and, and that kind of thing. And then the other half a day would be done in the school where we'd use airsoft and use scenarios with fake bad guys, you know, coming in and doing various scenarios in different parts of the school so they can be inoculated with a little bit of stress and different situations that they may have to respond to. So that's the training program in a nutshell. And the participants would have to qualify with their firearm every six months, just like a law enforcement officer. And just before school starts uh, every year, our plan is one day refresher course to kind of get their mindset back into the uh, uh, going back to school and doing what they're going to be doing. So the program is kind of predicated off the armed pilot program in the respect that an, an airliner has to have pilots on board. Well, schools have teachers there. They have to be there. And both programs, their volunteers are not getting paid, so it's very low cost. Uh, the cost of putting a school resource officer in every school is extremely expensive. Um, plus, you would have numerous people in the, on each campus that have the ability to mitigate the threat. So we think it's actually a, a pretty darn good program. So we have just kicked off this uh, program, uh, bringing our program to the, to the public light about a week ago. And we're doing a big presentation in northern Kentucky. So if any of your listeners actually live in the Indiana, Kentucky, or Ohio area, we do have a big presentation scheduled for uh, Wednesday, February 19th at 6 p.m. at the Boone County Main Library. And they can go to our website to find out more information about that uh, presentation and find out more about our program. That website is www.postpost.com.
KY for Kentucky.org. So postKY.org. But I want to emphasize here that we initially kind of focused on the Commonwealth of Kentucky, but as we looked at this more and more, we realized that Indiana and Ohio also allow school boards to authorize a program like this, and many other states in the country authorize uh, programs like this, specifically Texas, Alabama, Tennessee, Utah, South Dakota, and other states already have armed teachers. Specifically, Ohio has 20 school districts with armed teachers right now, so we're not talking about starting something that's never been done before. However, our program has more screening and more training than any program that we've actually researched uh, thus far. So it's a very well thought out, comprehensive program. So the local sheriff here deserves kudos for stepping up to the plate and being a leader. And he has volunteered classroom and range and instructors and, and sit on the interview board and do the polygraph and the drug test and, and the background check if, if, they, if the school board chooses to do all those steps. So very, very, very comprehensive program. Here's the bottom line. Ken, the last month in January, there was a school shooting on average every other day in the month, every other weekday of the month, and that's unacceptable. What we're trying to avoid here is that media image or reality of having seen the teddy bears, the flowers, and the candles lit in front of one of our schools because kids have been killed in that school. Right now, the only thing supposedly protecting these children are a no-gun sign sitting on the front door of the school. That is unacceptable because it's, it not only doesn't protect the kids, it actually tells the gunman that nobody inside has the capability of protecting themselves. Our theory is our program would be successful for two reasons. One is deterrence. If a sign is on the door that says teachers and staff on this, this campus are trained and armed, we don't even think the attack is going to happen in the first place because these gunmen have shown they're not looking for a fight. They're actually looking for victims, uh, especially like Newtown. That was 26 victims, and the police response time was only three minutes. The second thing that makes our program effective is an immediate armed response or putting more first responders in the school so if the shooting counts, when seconds count, the police are minutes away, but these teachers may be only seconds away. And so we think this is a great program to actually specifically mitigate that threat. And uh, if we get some success and it starts to take off, maybe we can talk again and maybe we can update people on where things are going. And, and the key is we're trying to encourage people in their local communities to stand up and say, you know, we need to pursue this in our own community. So that's ultimately what our goal is. And, man, you got a good first step. Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks, Ken. God bless. God bless. Bye. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at CrossbreedHolsters.com. All right, what's new and popping with me right now is my book. I was really glad last weekend I had uh, what's that thing you can't sleep rolling around like a hot dog in the 7-Eleven. I thought, let me just get up and go in the reading room, open my email up on my iPad, and bam! Got a note from the publisher saying, your book is now ready in Amazon. Man, I was doing a happy dance. Had to be quiet because everybody was still asleep. So I made sure I sent a whole bunch of text and notes out to some folks on Twitter that might be up 
like on the West Coast or something. And I uh, was so happy to get so much positive response first thing in the morning. You guys do not know how important you are to me. Sometimes when you're just like the lonely guy who's been podcasting, who's been blogging, who's been a gun rights activist, who's been up against some big name people and not making any money really. I mean, I'm eking this thing out and it gets frustrating sometimes. And then last year, being the monster that it was in all ways possible, sometimes just retweeting or just replying or asking me a question or calling me or emailing me lifts my spirits like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, you're really important to me, and I appreciate that. So the book came out. I was really happy. I I changed it on Facebook, and uh, Black Man with a Gun 1 page on Facebook has the cover. And what was funny was after about a couple of hours, um, somebody said, hey, man, there's a misspelling on the cover. And I said, wow, even when I'm not doing it, stuff still happens. So I sent an email to the publisher who was busy shoveling snow, up in Michigan, and he was like, you're kidding me, right? I was like, no, nah, dude, on the spine, there's a misprint. He was like, oh. Well, a couple hours later, he called back and said, we we changed it at the printer, and we're all good. So I said, all right, just drop and give me 20 for being like that. It was a good time. But things are just rolling right along, and then a couple of days later, like I think today, I got an email from him, and he said, it's available now on Kindle. And a couple of folks, man, said, I ordered it. I finished it. I thought, man, y'all some serious reading mugs. Yeah. It's all good in the hood, though. So I'm looking forward to some positive reviews. I've taken the other one offline. Hopefully, um, Amazon will remove it, the older version. And I don't know what I'll do with those copies right now. But um going to pull them off of Amazon. This book is a combination of things. It's a revision of the first book I wrote 14 years ago. It's some intimate details, some candid stuff about being a father, a pastor, a patriot, a lover of life and freedom and the hell I had to go through both at my church, at my job, in my home to be the black man with a gun. And then mixed in there is also some advice for gun owners, for new beginning gun shooters and uh, people who are just curious about who the heck is Ken Blanchard with two ends and what is the black man with the gun all about. That's it. Hope you like it. Um, you can purchase it from Amazon. If you go to book.blackmanwithagun.com, you can get the book. If you go ebook.blackmanwithagun.com, it'll send you right to Amazon. Uh, also, uh, there are a couple of links for it on the website. If you care to, to click it there, check out the cover, check out, uh, whatever you need, just ask me, I'm telling you, you guys are just beautiful. And I thank you for it. I thank you just for being supportive so much so that I want to do a 10 city tour or 10 state tour. Even, um, want to raise some money that I can actually fly me and the missus, to you. We'll just do 10 right off the bat um, for the rest of the year and do book signings. And you can get a chance to meet 
the woman who's um, put up with the crazy man here, down here in the basement, under the wash and the dryer for the last 22 years. So if you're interested in doing that, there is a GoFundMe link floating around somewhere. I know for sure it's on the blackmanwithagun.com site. Check it out. It's called Sponsor the Book Tour. Um, and I will be looking forward to coming to your neighborhood if I can, if I can afford it, that is. We do what we can, right? So that's it. Black Man with the Gun. Reloaded. It is out. And two people have already christened the GoFundMe site and put in a $100 donation, which means I'm going to make a big fuss over you guys on the next podcast and quite a few to come, actually. See, it doesn't matter how far I get if I actually succeed in doing this trip. The thing is that I have at least two people who believe in me. Yeah. And that's why I have such high hopes this week. Yeah. I got you. And thank you for listening. If you got this show from Stitcher Radio or from Spreaker, give me a thumbs up or a uh, positive review if you get a chance. All right, as you know, I've been advertising for Tactical Auction. Well, they're going to go offline as of February 15th, 2014. Yeah, I know. And they're actually going to sell their company. They decided to fully retire and spend more time with their family and then become full-time with Second Amendment advocacy. Now, Tactical Auction said so they spent over $120,000 developing TacticalAuction.com since they launched in 2011 and then relaunched in 2013. And they'll consider any and all offers to purchase. And it's a whole bunch of stuff. The complete website, the databases, the banners, the videos, the, the name, the everything. Even the trade show stuff, the rights to all intellectual property contained within the website. It's kind of sad, right? I know. But it's news today. And... uh my best to the family. All right, you can email Ed at Eddings, E-D-D-I-N-S, Edward at gmail.com for more information. In the news this week, a Buffalo, New York gun control activist swears he forgot he was carrying a gun while visiting a school. A Buffalo, New York community activist who is well-known, luckily, for pushing for a highly restrictive 2013 gun control law has been arrested for carrying a gun illegally at a public elementary school. Dwayne Ferguson caused quite a scene at the Harvey Austin Elementary School when he was present about 4.15 when the police acted on a pair of anonymous 911 tips. A battalion of police officers quickly swarmed the school. The brigade included a dozen squad cars, the SWAT team, and K-9 units. The Erie County Sheriff's Air One helicopter and what appears to be an armored vehicle also turned up. The school was immediately placed on lockdown. Parts of two streets were closed. About 60 students who were still on campus participating in after-school activities were funneled to the cafeteria. Cops searched the schoolroom by room and would not let parents on campus until they were satisfied that no shooting threat existed. Ferguson, 52 years old was at Harvey Elementary because he works as a mentor in an after-school program for disadvantaged students. He said he frequently carries a pistol. He has a license, but the license does not matter under the strict state law Ferguson helped pass. 
Among much else, the 2013 law deemed New York's SAFE Act made it a felony to carry a gun on school property, according to the Buffalo News. And while it was always illegal to carry a gun on school grounds, the new law bumped the crime from a misdemeanor to a felony in response to the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. The community activist has claimed that he forgot he was carrying his gun in a felony gun-free zone he helped create. Reverend James E. Giles, Ferguson's friend and the president of the Buffalo's Back to Basics Outreach Ministries, vouched for his claim. He says that I'm sure Dwayne went into the school not thinking he had a gun on him, Giles said to the Buffalo News. Giles said Ferguson even asked police on the scene what was going on. Dwayne's reaction was to get his kids, he had about 50 of them, and make sure they were safe, Giles explained. Ferguson was eventually busted when police were patting down the people at the school so they could evacuate. He was wearing the gun in a holster. Throughout the duration of the terrifying lockdown, the community activist never bothered to tell the cops that he was carrying a firearm. He had opportunities, local chief of police Kevin Brinkworth told the news. I will say he had no ill intent to harm these students, Brinkworth noted. I don't know why he had it on him. Ferguson is the head of the Buffalo chapter of Mad Dads, a national group that opposes gang violence and illegal drugs. Mad Dads is an acronym for Men Against Destructive or Destruction Defending Against Drugs and Social Disorder. The father of three also belongs to Buffalo Peacemakers, a separate anti-violence group that stands athwart gang-related crime. Still more, Ferguson is something of a professional vigilante in Buffalo. He can be seen patrolling local malls and city streets in an effort to stop gang violence. Ferguson now faces two felony charges of criminal gun possession. Isn't that something? Also in the news, gun control, more bad economic policy from liberal Democrats. States that have adopted adopted gun control are now, in addition to killing the freedom to which Americans have grown accustomed, killing jobs. More than simply being bad public safety policy, gun control is shaping up the bad economic policy as well. Beretta has announced that they will be moving their Maryland manufacturing facility to a state more amicable to firearms production. Yeah, that one still hurts. And let's not forget Magpul, the weapon accessory manufacturer from Colorado, who decided to find a new location for business after the governor of New New York signed legislation banning high-capacity magazines. And these businesses' decisions have a real impact. In California, citizens will find less options available for personal defense. In Maryland and Colorado, citizens will find less opportunity for employment. Tax revenue will drop. Jobs are sure to be lost, and local communities will no longer see the benefit of housing a worldwide manufacturing brand. What's worse is that these jobs are not being lost as a cost of increased public safety. They're just being lost because of politics. Bad politics. For more details and the links to the entire article, look at the show notes for episode number 361. Man, it's snowing like a big dog and the lights are blinking. So we'll see whether I can make it through this episode before the power dies. TopGunReview.com It's a new site for new shooters. Helps you find the gun that fits your needs. With buying guides, rankings, and reviews. TopGunReview.com Where new shooters find their gun. 
Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Check it out after this show. TopGunReview.com Next up, uh, update with uh, Daryl Jamison. Daryl, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, Ken. It's great to talk to you again. It's been a couple of months, and uh, hope all is well with you. And um, meanwhile, G.O. Gun Owner is making uh, some some pretty great strides uh, in our efforts to promote our message of pride, solidarity, and Second Amendment support. Um, how you doing? Appreciate that? the opportunity. I, I, I'm sorry. No, you're doing good. How, how you doing that? How how are you promoting it? Well, you know, we've been invited to uh, to a lot of gun shows uh, here in uh, in the Southwest. Um, we're based in California, where things are particularly uh, uh, particularly challenging in uh, in regards to gun rights and the Second Amendment. But but uh, we um, we've got some some nice products that that uh, have our G O emblem. Go for gun owner. Uh, we sell sell pins, patches, stickers, hats, and T-shirts with the objective of, first of all, promoting the message of gun owner pride, solidarity, and Second Amendment support. But uh, but also and more so to try and generate uh, financial support for the real warriors that are doing the heavy lifting in court and in Congress. Um, we, uh, we also have a, a website, a web store, and, uh, if you don't mind me making a commercial oh, pitch, uh, it's, uh, thank you. It's www.gogunownerstore.com. Uh, you can go directly to it and buy any of our products, uh, or you can link to it through our website, which is www.gogunowner.com. Um, and also, since the last time I talked to you, our our Facebook page has gotten uh, very active. We're close to 7,000 uh, followers now, and that's, I guess, uh, what uh, www.facebook.com forward slash owner. And uh, would love to have people check it out. We post every day uh, some relevant news as well as uh, inspiring messages and and photos and uh, encourage people to participate and and uh, comment. Um, you know we're we're getting a lot of traction. We're making a lot of headway. It's you know it's still less than a year since we uh, launched our efforts, but. Um, We've been able to generate uh, several thousand dollars uh, in support for the Second Amendment organizations, and and as I was saying, we're we're trying to support as many as we can. We 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 love the NRA, but we also admire the efforts of National Association for Gun Rights and Gun Owners of America, Second Amendment Foundation, uh, as well as. Uh, state organizations here in California we we uh we work with and attend events with Calguns from time to time uh as well as the California Rifle and Pistol Association we're connected with the Arizona uh Citizens Defense League and the uh, Arizona Rifle and Pistol Association and in Oregon 
the Oregon Firearms Federation, OFF, a uh, great group uh, uh, run by a terrific man, Kevin Starrett, who founded the organization about 15 years ago. Um, just recently, we connected with groups in Indiana and in Texas, and uh, before we're done here, I'm gonna I'm gonna find find the name of uh, the organizations that you support in Maryland and and uh, reach out to them and see if uh, we can't support them as well. Awesome. Um, is that uh, uh, anyway? Uh, like I said, we sell sell the product every bit of profit and all the donations that we raise, either from the website or uh, and or from the gun shows uh, goes to those pro-Second Amendment, uh, I call them the warriors, the guys that are doing the, the heavy lifting in Congress and in court. And we are very, very proud to be able to do a little bit and, and, uh, and gratified it, that the recognition that we're starting to get, we, uh, uh, more and more people are recognizing the GO emblem and asking about it, asking where they can get it, how they can get it, where they, you know, where they can, uh, donate. It's, um, you know, I, 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 I like to say that if, if all we're going to do is sit on the couch and complain, we might as well hand over our guns now. But, uh, you know, we all, as American citizens, with the freedoms that we love and enjoy, we have the responsibilities that go along with those rights uh, and um, a responsibility to fight for our rights and protect and defend them. And, uh, you know, I like to say that we're, we're giving people an opportunity to do a little something to help the cause and uh, and to get something for it, they you know throw throw five or ten bucks in and get a pin and a patch or twenty bucks for a hat or a t-shirt, and know that that money is going to be going right to the guys that are doing the real fighting to protect and defend uh, gun rights issues and Second Amendment issues, and uh, and 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 the other thing is is that with us. There's an absolute guarantee of no junk mail, and uh, that's kind of an inside joke, but I think everybody that belongs to some of our great uh, organizations out there knows what I'm talking about. We we get a lot of fundraising mail, and uh, and 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 we you know we do what we can do, and I know that everybody else does as well. But uh, uh, in our case, no junk mail, no uh, no no meetings. No dues. It's just it's just the message. Spread the message. Uh, buy a pin or a T-shirt and and help fight the fight. Hey, Daryl, describe for me the product. What what am I actually looking at? Well, we we're proud of our pins. The that's kind of where this all started. It's we have lapel pins and hat pins uh, that with the geo emblem and. Uh, we we refer to them as the little pink ribbon for the Second Amendment. Uh, that's kind of in reference to those little pink cancer pins that you see out there, because we feel that the Second Amendment is being uh, uh, affected by the cancer of the efforts of the gun grabbers in court and in Congress. Uh, 
I'm from California. I'm very familiar with Diane Feinstein and her efforts, and uh, she is cancer. And maybe I shouldn't say things like that, but when uh, you know when she tells the world that if she had her way, she'd go to every house and take every gun, and she means it. That sounds like cancer to me. So we call them we call our geo pins the the little pink ribbon for the Second Amendment. Um, I, the we have some uh, some nice patches, uh, you know, the Velcro tactical type that are you know two by three with the G.O. emblem in uh, uh, olive or tan, and uh, several different stickers. We've got some, some great uh, message stickers now as well with, uh, uh, like, bumper stickers, but they're reusable. They're heavy-duty vinyl. You know, they can go on a window or on a bumper or on a refrigerator. But uh, uh, just real quickly, um, uh, the messages include... It's a woman's right to choose pistol or revolver, or your your vote is your bullet. Take your best shot. Uh, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Um, which part of uh, uh, let's, shucks? Um, shall not be infringed. Yeah, which part of the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed? Do you not understand? Yeah, you knew where I was going with that. I'm yeah. sorry. And then, and then, last but not least, um, uh, the Second Amendment now more than ever. And uh, there, we we really like these uh, little message stickers. They're they're tastefully done. Like I said, heavy duty vinyl, reusable and. Uh, the, the response to them has been very strong. And by the way, this is an election year, 2014. So the the uh, the, the the particular one that I think is maybe most immediately relevant is uh, your vote is your bullet. Take your best shot. And uh, we uh, we try and repeat that message often to uh, to make sure people know just how important it is to. Uh, to vote, to participate in the process, to to make our opinions and desires and interests known uh, at the ballot box. Because again, that hundred million American gun owners, if if we go out and stand together and push back, it becomes our world, and we can have it our way rather than their way. And but we Absolutely. but we have to participate. We Absolutely. we got to stand together, or we will. What was it that Benjamin Franklin said, if we don't hang together, we'll surely hang apart, Yeah, or what's something your, to that effect. What's your URL again? How can we find you? www.gogunowner.com. And an email to me, d.jameson, J-A-M-I-S-O-N, at gogunowner.com. I would love to hear from anybody and everybody. I will respond personally to anybody and everybody. And uh, I'm so grateful to the response and the reception and the encouragement and support that, uh, that, that I've gotten. And I have a few people that do this with me and it's just, it's very fulfilling, very gratifying that people recognize that we're trying to do something positive 
and and you know more and more people are behind us and supporting us and uh so we're just going to carry on until and until we can't and you know but if we don't use it we lose it and if we lose it we're lost so, i got you man this stuff there all positive because you're helping other people and that's why it's that's why it's a good thing thanks dear well i I appreciate it, Ken, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and to talk to your listeners and uh, would love to have the support of anybody and everybody out there that believes in this great country that we have and and believes that uh, the Founding Fathers had it right the first time, and uh, we want to do what we can to keep it as much like how they envisioned it as we can. So that's that, that's what it's all about. Amen to that. And amen to you, brother. To hear and see other projects, visit BlanchardMediaGroup.com. Need graphics, a logo, podcast art? Visit BlanchardMediaGroup.com. All right, this week I also had the opportunity to be interviewed twice, was on a conservative radio talk show, and um, also was on, I got interviewed by the Gazette newspaper, a local paper here in Prince George's County, as a candidate for Prince George's County County Councilman, and they're going to weigh whether or not they're going to endorse me or not. But it was like a fun interview, and win, lose, or draw, I am... Glad to be in the process. For more information, if you'd like to support me and my move to make a difference in Prince George's County, Maryland, go to Blanchard2014.org. That's Blanchard2014.org. Donate, volunteer, send me a note. Be glad to hear from you. All right, it's the month of February, also known as Black History Month. But to me, it's American history. One of the reasons that African-Americans or people of color, Americans of color, have such much or so much issue with the right to keep and bear arms is that they're caught in the crossfire of knowing their history and not knowing. In my generation, there was a lot of debate about should the Negro, the black, the Afro-American, the African-American, the colored man, defend himself and if he does is he being a vigilante it was should he be nonviolent or should he follow under Martin Luther King or Malcolm X should it be a part of the Black Panther Party or the nonviolent movement there was a lot of confusion folks were trying to figure out where exactly did they fit in in this whole thought and without doing any research they listened to whoever was popular at the time pretty much to like now and depending on what part of the world you lived in, how your education was, your access to media, books, radio, television, everything was formulated by what we saw on the television, manipulated, propaganda even. Not much has changed, has it? During a turbulent time of the civil rights, the 60s, the guy who wrote the book, Negroes with guns, the guy who became a communist, the guy who left the United States in exile, who lived in Cuba. Robert F. Williams. 
It was that book when I found it that I wanted to update it and make it different. I wanted to add to it. I wanted to take the name and move it past that point, kind of like a blues song. You take the lyrics, you take the song, and you move it a little further. I didn't have the anger. I have the love. I wasn't afraid. But I know that there are so many that do fear what they don't understand. Our past is full of that. Let me take you back to 1960. This is Monroe, North Carolina. The town where local NAACP president Robert Williams created headlines when he said, sometimes violence must be met with violence. Many asked why. Because some of the people who had thought that it would be better to settle these cases violently, uh, I had been able to uh, persuade them that we should use the courts and go into the courts. So this thing had, uh, had boomeranged. And uh, I was being uh, held responsible for having brought these cases to court. There was a trial where a Negro maid had been kicked down a flight of stairs uh, by a white man, and that uh, this man hadn't even bothered to come to his own trial, and that he had uh, he had also uh, been uh, acquitted. And uh, there was a demonstration as a result of this in uh, the courtroom by the Negro women of the community. And uh, they had approached me and uh, had said, well, you said that you would see that these people would be punished because uh, through the organization we would have competent counsel and uh, that if it hadn't been for you that these people would have been punished. And uh, they wanted to know what I would recommend that they do from then on. And so I recommended that, that they meet violence with violence, that uh, Negroes must be prepared to repulse attacks, that they must be willing to fight, that they must be willing to die and to kill if necessary, that uh, there was no law and no 14th Amendment uh, to the United States Constitution of Equal Protection in the South, and that therefore they didn't have any deterrent, so they would have to create the, the, the deterrent force themselves by meeting violence with violence. Now you mix that with the future, and now we assume and relate all violence to being with firearms. And then you combine that with crime and hopelessness and propaganda and fear. And you find out that your neighbor, your best friend, the guy that you would borrow anything from, the one who flies old glory, is a gun owner and it freaks you out. Well, not you, but the other people. Because it's misunderstood. This is our past. This is what you're fighting against. And I'm hoping that through the book, Black Man with a Gun Reloaded, it explains some of that. Oh, we've come a long way, but we got just that much far to go. This is Carrie from the Wild World of Carrie Z Hunting, Fishing, and Outdoor podcast. You're listening to my friend and brother from another mother, Black Man with a Gun, Ken Blanchard. Thank you, Miss Carrie Z. I want to thank Daryl and Joe for joining me. Thank you for being a part of this week's show. 
If you like what you heard, please tell somebody. John Wayne said, Tomorrow is the most important thing in life. Comes into us at midnight, very clean. It's perfect when it arrives and puts itself in our hands. It hopes we've learned something from yesterday. And I agree with that. Until next week, shalom, baby. Until next time, friends. To keep in touch with Ken and his cause, head over to blackmanwithagun.com. Well, sister, the time has come for me to ride hard and fast.